Welcome to the fourth pillar of play, a Night Shift radio production where we support your adventure in tabletop game design by discussing, learning, and creating right alongside you. And by you, I mean you, Josh. <laughs> you, I'm doing it alongside you. I'm I learned gl- it from watching you. I'm glad you corrected there. You came in pretty strong. I was like, is he going to maintain that the whole time? <laughs> that I could hear you also I'm just going to talk like this the entire episode. You pay for the seat, but you only need the edge. That's the old. I think that was on The Simpsons. That used to be the thing for the monster truck. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, or the whole, let me tell you something. Yeah. Let me tell you something, brother. Let me tell you something, brother. No. When we're in here talking about monsters, uh, yeah. we're uh, yeah. I don't. I, I never watched Hulk Hogan wrestle. I was too young. I, I went and saw um, his movie. Oh, wow. Uh, he played um, a wrestler. Uh, <laughs> no. No, he didn't. I'm trying to remember what it was called. But no, that's like theaters. Stephen King writing a protagonist you know, that's I a should, writer. It wouldn't I, happen. I, I should cr- correct. Um, I saw his first real movie because his first theatrical appearance was Rocky Three. Where well, Was he in Rocky Three? He was. He was played, he a boxer? No. It was the battle. Of, it was this part where it was like Battle of the Champions. So it was Rocky Balboa versus, I feel like Casey's going to know this if he, whenever he catches up and listens, versus not Hulk Hogan, but wink, wink, nudge, nudge Hulk. He's definitely playing a different wrestler. He's definitely the champ, but I, I don't know. They so was this to be wink, wink, nudge, nudge and avoid stepping on Hulk Hogan as a brand? Or was this I think because so, Hulk because Hogan was incapable of acting as any other character? I mean... Or is it a little bit of both? It could be it easily could have been all of them. Um, Listen, brother. So, and this was this was before. When I, I think Rocky Balboa, the Hulkster had turned into quite that. But yeah, so that was his first film appearance, as far as I know. And then he came out with his movie No Holds Barred, where uh, who was the guy? Uh, is it Sunny? Remember Zeus, big huge. Guy. I can't help you at all on this, man. I can't help you at all. I'm just uh, watching you sink in the middle of an ocean yeah, of memory. Anyway, either way, I saw that. So. I can't even throw you a life preserver. Yeah, well, I, I can throw you one that says, "Hey, let's talk about monsters." Yeah, that that we can do. That we can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, so last week, what what we what what monster did we look at last week? Okay, uh, we, last week we was did, the Hellhound. That's right. We looked at Hellhounds, and they were really cool. They were much cooler than. And we then I turned around and didn't considered. use one in my game, which was well, a you know, mistake, we had but, so we did. That was Strahd that night, right? Or the next day? Yes, or, or, it was Strahd. Oh, you know what? It was that night. Because, wait. No. We yeah, recorded it was during the that day. night. Yeah. yeah. And then you had that dogish creature that she had put together. Right. But that was not a hellhound stat block. Well, that I, was, uh, I was on alert because I was just like, if this is like a hellhound-like stat block, I have to pretend I have no idea what it can do. <laughs> no, but you did catch my DMing mistake of the evening. Later, <laughs> after the fact, my, my rule mistake. Oh, the which one? The misty stuff? Because when I when I flung our the rogue off the tower, oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about it, and I let her misty step as a reaction. You know, I have been catch. thinking about it though. So, like, I mean, because I was as, thinking Featherfall in my head, and it was like just yeah. I slotted the one spell into the wrong spell slot in my head. Yeah. So as you know, as D and D combat length of time happens, would she still have theoretically been falling anyway by the time we got around, and she could have. Or would she have fallen? Generally with falls, if you fall out of your turn, you just resolve the whole fall. Oh, okay. You re- gotcha. You resolve the whole fall. Because realistically, you have completed your possible actions that round. Right. So except your reaction, but you only yep. get one of those. Yeah. 
So if there's no reaction, if that's the only thing left in your action economy is a reaction and you are falling on the bad guy's turn because the bad guy rips you out a window and throws you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then if you don't have a reaction to cast Featherfall, then the DM should technically, because rules written, resolve the whole fall. You fall 30 feet. You take 30 feet of fall damage, whatever that rolls out to be. Yeah. Um, in that instance... She was like, I use Misty Step to bamp myself down to the ground to keep from right. splatting. I mean, I it like, does. Yeah, that sounds cool. Well, it, did, I, it is cool. That's very cool. So rule of cool in that regard completely and then, applies. Yeah, well, we were talking because Jody was picking uh, spells for her warlock. And she's like, I have fly. I can fly above the battle and I can just Eldritch Blast everything flying around. And I said, yeah, just, you know, do be careful because that does make you a target. And then you've got to pass concentration spell rolls if you start getting hit. And yeah. you don't want to lose concentration while flying. And um, she's like, and then we discovered that warlocks get fly, but they don't get featherfall. Oh, you can, featherfall is not on the warlock list. It's like, okay, you can fly, warlocks. You can fly. She could, but your patron's gonna let you hit the ground too. She could um, feet. She could take the what's it called feet? I believe featherfall. Is the one magic of the list. initiate feet. Yeah, is there a featherfall? Initiate. I think featherfall's on that list. Oh, well, well she could take, take the magic initiate for the class that allows featherfall. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, I just don't remember yeah. which one it is. Probably wizard. Well, and it is level 12 now, so she does get to pick a feat. Yeah, I picked a feat this time. Which feat did you pick? Um, well, I'm working on it, but probably lucky. Lucky? Yeah. Lucky and alert are two good ones. Yeah. For you. Yeah. But it might be sharpshooter. Oh, yeah, sharpshooter's good. Yeah, so I have, I'm deciding. Um, I have time. Well, they're all fun. They're all fun. <laughs> yeah, no bad so. choices. That's not true. There are bad choices, but... So, yeah, since the last episode, you did, you uh, DM two... Uh, I did two successful did two of our games, heavy games. Yeah, um, I had to fight. You had to fight one of Strahd's brides, and you had yep. to fight uh, a bunch of hags. A bunch of good. hags and their those giant hags are thing. a cobalt press monster. Um, so cobalt. That's those those hags. Those were blood. So for the people listening, to bring this back to the table and to the podcast, yep. um, I ran against uh, your party against two blood hags. Yep, who are from Tome of Beasts by Cobalt Press. Mm-hmm. Um, and a very common criticism of the Tome of Beasts monsters, Tome of Beasts 1 and 2, there's a common criticism that they hit too hard, that they they overcorrected a lot of the criticism of monster manual monsters not hitting hard enough, they overcorrected to too hard. And I think there might be something to that because Cobalt Press is re-editing and re-releasing Tome of Beasts 1 and 2 and fix it. They, they say they're right on there, they're making edits to the stat blocks and re-releasing them. Um, so I wonder well, if... You know, they've got I don't, an internal logic that they want to apply to it, or if they are taking the criticism that they hit too hard. I don't know that for our party that they really did. Well, again, I'm, I will point out that I was probably playing them suboptimally. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. You say because that time, so I, I for instance, they have an they have an at they have a misty step every round. They can misty step every round. The the they should have been bamfing around that battlefield right from the very beginning. I waited until there was a, a sunbeam spell to start hitting them, and right. then I started bamfing around because um, I didn't want it to be frustrating from the get go. I wanted to like I I try to start the battles and then crank up the tension as the battle goes on. Like mm-hmm. I want it to become more desperate, not start desperate. Although I opened with a pretty strong salvo with yeah. those guys. Yeah. Um. But their abilities are pretty nasty. I mean, like, they can blind people, they can deafen people, and they can stop you from speaking. And, well, I mean, um, they're complicated to run for, from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, they were, they're not, well, and they also have a thing, like, their their main attack is, like, two claws and the hair attack, and they, they attack you with their blood locks. And then, if they've got you grappled that way, and then, and it's, and it's one of those monsters where there's a setup, it's a two-round setup. First round is claw, claw, hair. 
Mm-hmm. You get the hair around their head. They take a bunch of damage. The next round, they uh, apply. Then there's a saving throw, and you fail the saving throw, and your face is literally peeled off. Right. And the hags heal a bunch of hit points from the damage you take, and um, things right. like that. So, well, you know, they're the, they're fun though, but they're they're not they're not the kind of monster I would run want to run a lot. It was very specific. I I picked them because of the the thing that goes on the story. There was like, all right, everything's got to be blood themed. So I went through every blood themed monster I could find, and I was like, oh, yeah, these make sense. Yeah. So they make sense, and then you were able to help the help a dragon out. Yeah, I'm sure he's not going to do anything harmful. She, she, that's he right, tells she. a girl. No. Does Estelle ever directly define their gender? Well, when Estelle was in That's human true. form yep. spying on you, they did they did present as female. That's true. Um and she does think of herself as a queen. So Alrighty. She's, she's but we had nasty. some it was Hey, some, but let's way, compare some fun, so. let's compare some monsters. Shall right. we? Yeah. Oh, so no, we originally said we were going to do Griffins. Right, that's because I saw I, it, The point saw I just it. made was I think before we started recording is Griffins CR-wise aren't moving up the scale. Yeah. But do you know what it is, Josh? uh chimeras chimera or for some of our listeners at home and let's be honest chimeras 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 so many ways you could have pronounced it the chim, first time you read it when chim, you were a chimera chim chim chimeras you could have done that um you probably didn't initially call it chimera you've probably learned since but it's you know it's a ca it's, oh. it's very easy to do chimera right first time you read it so. yeah so yeah the chimera mm-hmm. the chimera okay so once again, I'm going to go over the monster manual version of the Chimera, and then I will uh, we'll talk about a little bit about that, and then see. We need four sources so that we each do two. But um, I can. Do you want to do the monster manual version? Hang on. Hang um, on. Wait. I'm just trying. Because I've think, got monster manual have... and level up, and you have flea mortals. Yeah, but I'd have to go downstairs. Oh, did you not carry it with you? No, I have right. flea mortals. Oh, okay. I just don't have any other book up here. Oh, would it help if I? did this blink maybe not i gotta get closer and that's the, what i have right in front of me i got it oh that's the, I, sh- <laughs> I shared the wrong tab well, uh, i was wondering if i have these down i do have a pathfinder no come on you don't mean that well no i did yeah <laughs> there what do you see in front of you now uh teeny tiny oh is this from okay i know where this is from i could probably bring this in front of me okay because you should be able to pull it up on dnd beyond oh right you know what why don't i just do that i forget that i have that you have dnd beyond we go to we're gonna go to dnd beyond we search everything i'm gonna search for a chimera oh i got it i guess there we go let's pull the the, yes chimeras well, that's interesting. Oh, there's What's actually a couple. Well, when I just do Chimera... Oh, do you get a bunch of different versions? You get Chimera. You get the Theron Chimera, which... I okay, mean, so guess what? There's no difference. What do you mean? Between a Theron Chimera and a Chimera? Yeah, the, I do believe that the Chimera in Mystic... Okay, so maybe I'm wrong. The, oh, I don't have that. I don't own that book. What book is it? <laughs> so I, it's in Myth- Mythic Odyssey of Theros. So that I do It that. is a different... Okay. Wait, so I they have made that a different version. Print, I do not have it digitally, so that's okay. It doesn't oh, matter okay. anyway. But I, it's it's funny because I went. It also brought up a Manticore, and it's down. Oh, they must both be in the Monster Manual. Okay. All right, so we're now going to look at the Chimera. So I did two. La- I usually do the Monster Manual and the Level Up Five E, and then you do Flea Mortals. Yeah. But why don't you do the Monster Manual version since you've got it in front of you um, as well? Do I know? Let's see. Oh, there it finally came down. Okay, I do. Right. Do they have the flavor? Do I want to do the flavor? That's a good picture for them too. Um, the art the is good. Yeah, they do. They have good. Yep, they have good art. It's just and... an inherently pretty cool looking thing. So I think you kind of can't. Okay, mess so it up. you are you okay? So you're you think chimeras look cool? 
Yeah, I think so. I always thought they looked doofy. No, I think it looks cool. But do you know what else I used to think looked doofy? And these words literally came out of my mouth at one time when I was younger. Okay. I was like, do you know what monster is really stupid and just not scary and kind of stupid looking? What, what? Mind flayers. What? I did. Well, I was just a stupid kid. Mm. I was a stupid kid. I thought mind flayers are the stupidest thing in the world. And now I think they're literally one of my favorites. Oh, it's easily. The coolest thing ever. But I just like, I, be, I, came, I became someone who loved aberrations. So, yeah. Um, all right, Chimera. Anyway. So we're going to yes. look at a Chimera from the Monster Manual. We've got flavor text from it. We're going to look at a Chimera from Advanced Level Up 5e, and which is supposed to take the Monster Manual Chimera and make it more, more consistent within the internal logic of monster math and encounter math, and also to make it a more... Uh, it's, it's supposed to, you know, level up the monster to make it a little bit more challenging to um, fight against, to make it more interesting to run. And then we're going to go to Flea Mortals, which the entire premise is make better, cooler monsters that are cool and cinematic and tactical. Yeah. So three levels. Let's so start with the monster manual. The vanilla monster manual. The mm-hmm. flavor text is, um, a, chim- a chimera is a vile combination of goat, lion, and dragon, and features the heads of all three of those creatures. It likes to swoop down from the sky and engulf prey with its fiery breath before landing to attack. Chimeras were created after mortals summoned Demogorgon to the world. Um, the prince of demons, unimpressed with the creatures that surrounded it, transformed them into horrific, multi-headed monstrosities. This act gave rise to the first chimeras. Okay, so again, just in design, this is I'm going to do a design interjection. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those things like when people are like, what's the difference between a beast and a monstrosity? Is a monstrosity is something that happens when you mix magic with animals. You oh, okay. you you mix you take an animal and you mix it up using magic, it becomes a monstrosity. Got it. So and so monstrosity in my head, I usually picture them as having the the flavor of the natural world while still being unnatural. This is why the owl bear is a monstrosity, which is why you're not supposed to be able to wild shape into one. Oh, well. I still think it's cool to wild shape into yeah, one. They're cool. I just say make I just say make owl bears a natural creature in your fantasy world and then that's cool. And then you don't have to bend all your other rules. You know, well, yeah, they're they're no. Owl bears just exist. <laughs> right. I mean owl bear, owl bears would certainly exist somewhere in like the Avatar last day. I know, I was just universe. thinking about the Avatar yeah. world. They say, hey, this is my badger bear yeah. or my yep. my my lizard hawk. Yeah. Or something they like just, that, right? They were like, We need to make our anim- our world seem foreign and weird, but why don't we just make weird they animals? Just, they just made a bunch of monstrosities, right? Yeah, exactly. Um chimeras are gifted with demonic cruelty. A chimera serves as a grim reminder of what happens when demon princes find their way to the material plane. A typical specimen has the hindquarters of a large goat, the forequarters of a lion, and the leathery wings of a dragon, along with the heads of all three of those creatures. The monsters like to surprise its victims, swooping down from the sky and engulfing prey in its fiery breath before landing. It is a conflicted creature. <laughs> I know. That's I love the next it. Part. It's conflicted. Okay, so can I, can I just say, like, if you're going to mash up three monsters, you're Demogorgon, like, you got to really, like, a goat a lion and a dragon. One of these things is not like the other. Like, well, it's I definitely mean, like a tiered system goat. here. We have, I am a dragon. I breathe fire. I'm a lion, king of the jungle. And then you have the last head going, well, but they got those creepy eyes. I got horns. <laughs> and they do scream. <laughs> exactly. They can fall over. <laughs> that's, that's that's what a goat makes in my head. Isn't, they go, what do I think? Isn't there versions of this that are done with a eagle head? Oh, that's that's a different monster, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, wait, no. What you know? What we're gonna get to that in a different book. In, in, in yep. Okay, Maybe. that gets covered. Okay. Maybe it doesn't. 
Um, I mean, I could read all this, but ultimately it just kind of goes on to say that they're vicious, um, that they're just really vicious animals. Basically they don't, they're monstrosities. They're not animals. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Let's but, be pedantic. Okay. So it's a, no, it's dragon head drives, drives it to raid, plunder and accumulate a great horde. The Leon in nature compels it to hunt and kill powerful creatures that threaten its territory. And the goat, eats the tin goat head grants it a vicious, stubborn streak that compels to compels it to fight to the death. Um, All right. The, they're stubborn goats. Stubborn as a goat. Um, these three aspects drive a chimera to stake out a territory that is as large as 10 miles wide. It preys on wild game, viewing more powerful creatures as rivals to be humiliated and defeated. Its greatest rivals are dragons, griffins, manticores, paratons. Yeah, paraton. And wyverns. What's a periton? I I just looked it up. A periton is a myth. This is Wikipedia. A periton is a mythological hybrid animal con- combining the physical characteristics of a stag and a bird. It's okay. it's a deer with wings. Oh, so it's like I a am, pegacorn or pegasus. I don't know. Uh, you were thinking of griffins, by the way. Griffins yes. have the eagle head. I swear I've seen versions of... Yeah, well, maybe not. <laughs> oh, well. And they're servants of evil, right? Yeah, they are servants of evil. Though chimeras are far from cunning, their demonic ego makes them susceptible to flattery and gifts. Uh, If offered food and treasure, a chimera might spare a traveler. Um, A villain can lure a chimera into service by keeping it well-fed and its treasure hoard well-stocked. So that dragon part runs deep, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Well, it also has the tail of a dragon. They left that part out of the... And I'm basing that on the art. Oh, okay. All right, so let's look at some mechanics. So stats. It has an armor class of 14. That's okay. It's natural armor. All right, all right. Uh, has 114 hit points, so it's 12d10 plus 48. Has a fly speed of 30, or no, I'm sorry, it has a ground speed of 30 and a fly speed of 60. Okay, all right. Um, it's pretty strong. It wouldn't... It's pretty strong. So it's 19, str- 19 strength. Uh, it's got an 11 dex, which is relatively... I think kind of, eh. yeah. It's con it's not, is 19. Well, you, know. you could explain that away. If you're really like taking story to mechanics, it's like it's got three brains trying to do different things at different yeah, times. Yeah, that's true. So maybe it's not super wildly. Um, It's got a 19 con. It has a three intelligence. So it's got goat, a 19 con. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, it's going to pass a lot of And these are CR6. Yeah, it's going to make it a lot of con saves. Um, 14 wisdom, which mm-hmm. isn't bad. And it's charisma is a 10, which is actually higher than my rangers. <laughs> uh, okay, so do you want to do skills? Yeah. It's perception is up, plus I'm, eight. Oh, here we go. Hold on. I want to yeah. compare a little bit. So let's do, here's, I'm, I'm going to just compare it to the Paul Hughes, my chart on the Paul Hughes, which I do love. So for a CR6, he says it should have an AC of 15. I've got 14, about a, so. Yeah, about it. you can raise and lower that usually by uh, two to three. Okay, so it's uh, or in no, the by two without making any adjustments. Uh, it should have a hundred and five ish hit points. Okay. Yep. Um, its proficiency bonus is plus three, and its ability bonus should be its highest ability should be a plus four. So yeah, yeah. Let's keep that's in yep. keeping. Yep. Uh, two attacks per round, about thirty five points of damage around, with an easy DC of fourteen and a hard DC of fifteen. Okay. All right. So skills. Skills perception plus eight. So they're they, they anything that hunts. Yeah. They give they like to give it perception. And it's got three. Now hits. I bet you. And now let's do the thing. The thing that I like to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's proficiency bonus is three, and its wisdom is two. That means it should have a plus five to perception, but it has a plus eight. I'm gonna guess, and I haven't looked yet, that monster manual on uh the Paul Hughes Chimera. Yep. In level up five e is gonna have a plus five to perception plus a one d four. 
it's going to have in parentheses after it plus 1d4 for an expertise die. That's that's prediction. I'm making okay. it out. I'm just putting it on the record. I'll be humiliated later in the podcast when I'm wrong. I don't know about humiliation. Or I'll gloat if I'm right. I don't even think you'll gloat. So. Um. No. <laughs> I've already goaded. Why shouldn't I gloated? Yeah. What? What is happening? <laughs> I goaded. I went, uh. <laughs> That's true. You <laughs> then did. I'll gloat. First I goat, then I gloat. Remind everyone that you did that. <laughs> And I have, and yeah, yeah, exactly. We're all good. Keep uh, going. Senses. It's got dark vision, sixty feet. Okay. Can't be a five E creature without dark vision. <laughs> without dark, a monstrosity. If you're gonna, if you're gonna be demogorgon and mm-hmm. mash up some some monsters into something, right. then at least make it see in the dark. Yep. Uh, you got a passive perception of eighteen. Oh, so it's hard to sneak up on. It's it knows what's going. on. It's got on. three heads. It's got three heads. It's got three heads. Yep. Pa- they always do that. Lots multi-headed creatures always have that. Which makes sense. I mean, you know, it perfectly does. There's something around. for the Etten. The Etten has something like two minds, and it's like hard to sneak up on because it literally can be looking in two directions at once. That makes sense from a story perspective. Yeah. Um, it understands draconic, but can't speak it. That seems okay. It makes sense. All right. So, actions. You know, on D&D Beyond, it's like way easier way to do this because it's, yeah. everything's already broke up for you. Uh-huh. Um, it's got multi attack. The Chimera makes three attacks. Okay, so it's get it. So it has one more attack than Paul Hughes says it should have. Yeah, one with its bite, interesting. One with its horn, and one with its claw. Uh, when its fire breath is available, it can use the breath in place of the bite or horn. Oh, so it can. So if it has its fire breath available, it can do. So whenever you can use breath in place of bite or horns, so you can do because you're using. Okay, so you can do breath horn claw or breath bite claw. Yeah, that's what it looks like. That's interesting. Okay, okay, okay. Um, the bite is melee attack plus seven to hit. Four, five, six, seven. Math checks. Yeah, reach five feet. Uh, okay. one target. Uh, hits eleven, so two d six plus four piercing damage. Okay. I for some reason always assume that if it's large, it should have ten feet of reach, but I know that's not really how it works. Usually, when you get up past large to huge, it starts having yeah ten foot reach. It basically each of these heads does roughly the same damage the horns do a little less because they're blunted but they no i guess they do do 11 10 11 right yeah yep so let's say you hit with all of these you would do 32 points of damage yeah and And different types piercing bludgeoning and slashing yeah and 35 points of damage so it's damage seems it's a it's a couple points shy of where it should be i'm i'm going to use should as in accepting paul hughes's math as being gospel since mm-hmm. I follow it personally. Um, right. All right, cool, cool, cool. And then the fire breath is recharges, what, five to six? Five and six, yep. Uh, the dragon head exha- uh, exhales fire in a 15-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a DC dexterity saving throw of 15, uh, taking 31 fire damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. So that's, that's why it does a little bit less because on its one attack if it does the fire breath um it could do theoretically 50 points of damage in a round yeah so you might even argue that this is too powerful of its that's one not time. like them i know right yeah. so i'm trying to think here let's see i'm gonna if you do a special attack that does an area so it's an area attack yeah so when i when i go to paul hughes's chapter on building monsters there's this whole thing where you start off with the damage for the for the attacks, and then you apply conditions that lower the damage. So, for instance, this if it hits an area of attack, if a monster can use it, I'm quoting from Paul Hughes, if a monster can use an area attack every turn 
reduce the damage it deals to about 70%. But if it's a limited use, like recharge five or six, um, it allows the monster to exceed its damage per round budget on one turn, making up for a dealing less on other turns. So here's the thing that I think is interesting, is that if this were like a Paul Hughes monster, it would have the fire breath, but the fire breath recharge five, six would be in replacement of the bite horn claw. Right. If it breathes fire, it does not bite horn claw. And then you could argue, you could you could even make it more. You could make it 40 some odd points of damage. But you'd probably, because it's an area attack, mm-hmm. no, yeah, you'd keep it. Yeah. You do area, of it, it can exceed the damage, but also be reduced because it is a area attack. Um, uh, and then you can reduce the ter- the attack on other turns. So if it's doing 31 points of damage, yeah, I don't know. So there's, there's all this like balancing. It seems to right. me the way this is written, I could fire breath for 31 and then also horn and claw for another 21, which seems like it should. it's doing way over its budget. Well, it also lets uh, you as the DM decide. So if you hit hard with the horn and claw... You can decide Maybe whether or not fire. to do a bite, and then you could do breathe fire. And that's know. that's one of those things you hear people talking about. And it's like your your monsters don't always have to do like the the thing that's the smartest, you know? Right. I love there was a there was a there was a Mike Shea thing. Like if you're a creature can attack three times, maybe on the first round it only attacks once. It's like what is this thing? And it only attacks one time. These right. are its choices, mm-hmm. and like with anything, it can choose not to do them. Yeah. So. All right. So this is I would label this as a, is a nasty monster, especially with the right. flying. At level six, it's yeah. flying, it's up in the sky, it's strafing, and it's, I'm, I mean, there's always the, well, if you play a flying monster that can breathe, do a fire breath, why aren't you flying up, waiting for it to recharge, and then flying down? Like, the way that, like, no one should ever be able to beat a dragon ever, because the dragon flies up 100 feet, mm-hmm. where you can't hit it, Right. Re- waits for its fire breath to recharge, and then strafes back down, and blasts you, and then flies right. away again. Yeah, again, we're back it's to It's just the, boring. Yeah. Again, exactly. Again, we're back to the whole idea here that we're not... Uh, it's not supposed to be competitive in that exactly. way. It's not supposed to be us versus you, but... It's, it's supposed to be fun storytelling and a challenge, but... Right, yeah. you're supposed to hang out with your friends and do fun stuff, but, you know, I, I just, I can't even think in those terms. It, it, yeah, I, I've never understood. Because, I mean, I don't think any of these creatures are designed for people to play that way. I don't think the game is designed for it to be DM versus players, you know, cage match. It's not Thunderdome. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to be, <laughs> we would like everyone to leave with a satisfying adventure and tale and, you know. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, but, I hey, mean, you know, you play the way you want to play. Exactly. You know, so. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know what we should look at now? Let's look up the level five, level up 5e1. Okay. So here, I'm, as I say these things, we should compare, you should, we'll compare them to the monster manual. So you keep looking at the monster manual and I'll go over the level up 5e. Okay. You ready? Yep. So it's a chimera. It's still a large, well, here, the flavor text says, um, demon worshippers. Uh, and demon mashed up made chimeras. That's the long and short of it. Um, they are multitudinous monstrosities, goat, lion, and dragon. Oh, but nearly a limitless variety of chimeras exist. Some exhibit the behaviors of the beasts that comprise them, but all chimeras share the viciousness of their demonic creator. Um, blasphemous rites. Since the creation of the first chimeras, various cults have learned the magic to create more of these horrible creatures. Uh, so now it's on top of it. It's something that you can create with a horrible demonic ritual. That's cool. Gives it a little bit of edginess. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to get to the Flea Mortals. So Yeah. So here's the first thing I'm going to tell you, though. Mm-hmm. Chimera is a large monstrosity CR7 for Paul Hughes. What was it for? CR6. It was, it was six. Okay, that's what I thought. Here's yeah. the other thing that he does. 
It's also legendary. He makes the Chimera a legendary seven monster. So I do remember that when when your choices were only the monster manual for monsters, people did, there weren't a lot of legendary monsters at lower levels. I think the lowest level legendary monster in the monster manual is the unicorn. Um, okay. If I'm remembering correctly off the top of my head. Yeah. And that's lower than this. But I think they're like CR5 or something. <sighs> now I'm going to get in, someone telling me I'm wrong. It's okay. It's okay. So these are CR7 and yeah. they are a legendary creature. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a strength of 18, a dex of 10, a con of 18, an intelligence of 3, a wisdom of 16, and a charisma of 10. So he bumped up its wisdom and he bumped down its strength and con. They're still strong and hardy. They're still not very dexterous. Mm. They're still pretty dumb. It's got a higher wisdom, and he, I, he did that so that it could have a better perception, and a charisma, a flat charisma of 10. Um, AC is 13. He drops the AC down a lot. Yeah. Uh, that, in my mind, means that he's going to... Uh, and, and he doesn't bump up the hit points. The hit points are only 114. So he's going to so have them the hit pretty hard, right? He's going to have them hit hard. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm already already guessing. So yeah. the AC's lower. The hit points are exactly the same. 114 hit points. Uh, fly 30. Uh, fly 60. Walk 30. Yep. Its proficiency bonus is plus 3. Uh, so saving throws. It's con saving throw of plus 7. 4, 5, 6, 7. Math checks. An intelligence saving throw of plus 1, which makes sense. And a wisdom saving throw of plus 6. Makes sense. Perception. Skills. Plus 6. He does not give it an expertise die. I was wrong. I have to eat my crow now. He does have, in parentheses, after perception plus 6, C, 3 heads. Because he gives it a he gives it basically the etten thing we'll get to that in a second mm-hmm. dark vision 60 feet passive perception of 21 wow again passive three heads. perception three heads. of 21 three heads the chimera has advantage on perception checks and on saving throws against being blinded charmed deafened frightened stunned and knocked unconscious and it cannot be flanked because you have three different minds so you 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 blind one or you you know you uh you try to blind it and we're like, it's you. You has advantage because it has three different heads that have to be blinded. Yeah. So that's that's fun. So that advantage. Makes a lot of sense. So if we say, what is it? Your your passive perception is ten plus your proficiency bonus plus your ability score modifier. So sixteen should be its passive perception. So I wonder if it's. The math there, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. That's a difference of five. I wonder if that's supposed to mechanically represent the advantage. I just want oh, to know why having he chose... three heads looking yeah. all over. So what I would, if I could, if I had him right here in front of me, I'd go like, okay, so how does, how do you determine advantage and how do you turn that into something numeric? So your passive perception is five higher than it technically should be. Is that because of the advantage? Do we assume like, like, but where does the five come from? We have a plus three to wisdom. Right, I mean plus three proficiency. Where's the five come from? So if it's passive perception, right, is twenty one? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Andy has advantage on perception rolls, right? Yeah. Well, that's the passive perception. That's when it's not that's actively when looking. People for are things. okay. Okay, but on and so if it's so actively looking, then? if it's making an active perception check, it rolls with advantage with okay. a, a, a plus six. So if I were to type into Google like I'm doing right now, um, how does advantage translate to a numeric? bonus let's see what happens aha an equivalent bonus of plus four is not much different than the commonly used plus five but it's more a plus five represents the highest bonus effect of an advantage (laughs) so evidently plus five is the given number that people use for advantage if you have advantage on all of them they'll throw a five on it this person's arguing that it should be four but it says the commonly used five so Hmm. now we've we've learned something 
Yeah. Josh, we just learned something about designing. If we're giving a creature advantage on a check, its passive check should have a, a five added onto it. Yeah. Now okay. we know. And knowing is half the battle. Da, da, da. The other 25% is blue lasers, and the 25% after that is red lasers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Sorry. No. So they have their abilities are re- we already did their three heads ability. They also have our attribute. They also have the reactive heads. The Chimera can take three reactions per round, but not more than one per turn. Okay. Um Oh, okay. So if it's the, if it's its turn, it can use a reaction. If then it's your turn, it can use a reaction and then it's my turn, it can use a reaction. Yeah. But it can't use three reactions on your turn. Got it. So it's like a little mini version of legendary actions. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they can take three reactions. That's cool. So I, he, yep, he gives it some cool reactions. All right, three heads we already said, and wakeful. When one of the Chimera's heads is asleep, the others are awake. So, but that's all he says. He doesn't say, can't be surprised or something like that. Um, it just means that they can actively be searching even when they're sleeping. Yeah. All right. Now here's something interesting. Huh. So it's actions. Here are its attacks. It has a headbutt, plus yep. seven to hit. It does 11 points of damage, and um, it, it can knock someone prone. Um, it can do a bite attack, plus 7 to hit, 11 points of damage. It can do a claw attack, plus 7 to hit, 9 points of slashing damage, um, or 14 points if the person is prone. It doesn't have multi-attack. Okay, so it can only You're do... You're picking one of these three. Hmm. Now, I'm granted, I'm going from the online SRD. Let me look at the actual book here. Maybe, maybe it missed. You never know. Something might be missing. Chimera. No, you literally can only choose one. You can only head. So if that means that if you're just headbutting that round, you're doing 11 points of damage that round and that's it. I can't, I don't understand that. Interesting. Oh, well, no, I really don't understand that. I'm going to wait to see what its legendary reactions are. Let's, what its legendary actions are. Okay. And it has a breath weapon, recharge five, six. It breathes 15 foot cone, dexterity, 15 saving throw. It takes 21 points of fire. All of this damage is less than the monster manual. Yeah. Not like individually, like it's like 11 for the headbutt or whatever, the horns, but it is, you're only doing one of them. So the fact that this Chimera on round one could maybe only do 11 points of damage on its turn seems bonkers to me. So Mm -hmm. let's see if something wraps it up. But even that breath weapon is less. Remember when I said the breath weapon seemed high? Yeah. Um... So he he bumps it up to you know, a legendary. I think we found someone else who's not a fan of chimeras either. <laughs> it does twenty one sixty six fire damage. Yeah. All right, but then remember, it can take three reactions in a round. Yep. Um. Right. What are the reactions? reactions in a round? Yeah. Okay. So the reactions are once is tail swipe once a day. So you only do this one time. If a creature yeah. within five feet of the chimera is a melee, uh, hits the chimera with a melee attack. The attacker is battered by the Chimera's tail. The attacker makes a 15 strength saving throw. On a failure, it takes nine points of bludgeoning damage. It's just pushed 10 feet away from the Chimera and knocked prone. So once per day, it both of its reactions are once per day. So you're only doing these. If you can take three reactions per round, but not more than one per turn, but then you only give it, I'm on the, I mean, there's opportunity attacks. Like, I suppose that counts. Um, And winged charge. It gets uh, once a day, if, if a creature that Chimera can see hits it with a ranged attack, the Chimera leaps off the ground and moves up to its fly speed towards the attacker. If within range, the Chimera then makes a headbutt attack against the attacker. Hmm. I do love, from a design point of view, I do love things that trigger on being hit. Like yeah. when we made our Talon Cat, yep. and you know it gets hit and it like knocks you down and jumps away. Yeah. I like those two. And then it has legendary actions. The Chimera can take two legendary actions, choosing from the options below. Only one legendary action can be used at a time, and only at the end of another creature's turn. So then we have a bite and a claw. So now that's what he does. It, so it might do a headbutt, and then 
the next person's turn do a bite and the next person's turn after that use a claw so combine that with so so it's still dishing out that 30 some odd points of damage around but it doesn't have as much sizzle it doesn't i don't know yeah i yeah i'm surprised by this i this surprises me um but I think I think the reason he did it. I think if he made this a non-legendary, you wouldn't. He just basically said, "All right, I'm taking the, I'm spreading out its attacks and making it legendary." But the fact I'm still blown away because even though it's legendary, you should still it should still be doing thirty on its normal. I think it should say multi-attack. It takes three attacks, or it uses its breath weapon. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would say multi-attack, headbutt, bite, claw, and then breath weapon is recharge five six. I wouldn't have the breath weapon replace the bite or the claw. Mm-hmm. I would just have the breath weapon be something you do as its own action. Yeah, and that then makes I would sense. still give it these bite and claw legendary actions because a normal legendary action is a standard attack. That's like right. one of the most it's the most common one you'll see on anything. It's the first legendary action. It's usually there's one that's moving, one that's attacking, and one that's special. Yeah. So I don't know. But that is the Chimera from level up five E. So it's definitely got more stuff to do. Yep. I I I am curious again, I would love to know his thoughts here. Yeah. Not super surprisingly, Flea Mortals does a little bit more with the Chimera than either of the other two. I All think. right, let's talk. Let's do it. Flea Mortals, here we so go. So already I think, at least from what I've been looking at here, the big the flavor text is completely different than okay. the other two. So uh Chimeras, massive flexing claws, lashing draconic tail, nimble leathery wings, and not one but three menacing heads. A snarling lion, a helix horned ram. And a dragon with fire sparking it, uh, sparking in its throat. Many see the Chimera as an aggressor, but few know its origins as a divine guardian. What? Yeah, uh, which you know, the other two were demonic. So the first Chimera, the first Chimera was a gift. A deity gave a devout queen their this young guardian, one with the intelligence of a dragon, the bravery of a lion, and the tenacity of a ram, which is literally inverting what the the descriptors for each of those oh they're from uh, monster okay. manual you know um instead of stubborn it's tenacity you know we were we, you know that's mm-hmm. interesting uh the queen raised the chimera to be a strong protector of not just her person but of her people who love the chimera and their ruler but neighboring lands feared the monstrosity as a conquering force swept into the land their first uh their first defilement of peace was slaughtering the Chimera. The queen's resulting fury was said to be felt by the gods. As she screamed, a nearby volcano erupted, spewing basalt and, and Chimeras over the land. <laughs> it's raining Chimeras. Yeah. With fiery might, the Chimeras overtook the opposing army and dispersed e- and and the opposing army dispersed. Each found a new territory and claimed the role of divine protector over that place, its inhabitants, and its treasures. Um, fiercely faithful. When a chimera acts as a guardian, almost nothing can shake that loyalty. They are viciously territorial over objects, creatures, and founts of magic that they defend. Even when even when the charges they defend turn wicked, chimeras remain faithful, willing to lay down their lives like a dog. Okay. <laughs> so we have. So our story now is not that demons, vile rituals created evil, three-headed animal monster. It's now no, they were created for good and then corrupted to evil. They can be corrupt. I think this the, now the I'm alignment the on the next these, paragraph that says like, "Hey, yeah. but it can also bring out the worst yeah, part." Corrupted loyalty. Greed. Well, yeah. you know, what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of pit bulls. Like, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of dog things here, right? So, there's no loyalty. bad chimeras. There's just bad chimera owners. That's literally what the other line basically says. Even if they're charged to defend, to, 
the charges that they defend turn wicked. They will so still now defend here's the them. question I would ask them. I would yeah. say, when you were doing the Chimera, were you thinking Pitbull? <laughs> yeah, because it's very because like this flavor sounds like what you hear from people who defend Pitbulls. Yeah, um, and I, you know, and I love Pitbulls, but yeah. corrupted the, uh, loyalty. It, Mortals who earn a Chimera's trust can tempt and train the monstrosity to bring out the worst of their three parts: a dragon's greed a lion's pride, and a goat's stubbornness. Such chimeras happily serve, serve evil mortals. Wow. Um, tactical warriors, chimeras have many ways to keep themselves and their charges from being cornered. So the, the defender part is big on this. Uh, the lion's head snaps up enemies in its massive jaws and hurls them away. The ram's head pummels them to the ground and the dragon's head bathes them in fire. The sound of three heads crying together can shake even the most stalwart warriors. Oh, and this next part's very interesting to me. One being three heads. Unlike many other multi-headed creature, a chimera has a single mind. Their heads work together, never snapping at one another over food, favors, or personality conflicts. The heads often express the chimera's emotions in unison, braying together in times of battle, or purring all at once to show affection. So it's not... So that's... And they have a protector variant mm. up here. If you want to use the Chimera as a bodyguard for another creature, you can add this trait to their stat block. Protector. The Chimera is divinely bound to another creature who is their charge. When the Chimera and their charge are on the same plane, the charge can telepathically communicate with the Chimera, and the Chimera knows the distance and the direction of the charge. If the Chimera is in 60 feet of the charge, half of any damage the charge takes, rounded up, is transferred to the Chimera. It's like your own personal wow. paladin. Well, and so this one being three heads thing, it has one brain thing, not yeah. three heads, but one brain is going to be why they don't have things like the one head can, you know, two heads can sleep and one stays awake. Right. Like you can't do that. So And it armor, doesn't have a bunch of bonuses to perception, I bet. Yes. Uh, okay, so armor class is 15, which is okay. in keeping with every... Sorry, Siri seemed to think I was talking to her. Um, oh, Siri, go yeah. away. Hit points is 119. Okay, which about, is about, about right. Yep, yep. Uh, flying... Uh, we, we keep wanting to jump to fly each time we read it. I know. The walking is 30 and the flying is 60, which is the same. Uh, 18 strength. I think it was 19 for the monster manual. Yep. Much higher decks. Bumped up the decks. Yep. Again, 14. because they made it one mind, I bet. Yeah. It can that, move, control its body better. So now it can think. Yeah. Um, yeah. The con goes down to 16, which it was 19 in to the monster manual. To balance the decks, probably. Uh, the intelligence is low still. Yep. Still uh, animal. Three. It's yep. like smart animal. Yep. Yeah. The wisdom is higher, I believe. It's 14. Is that higher 14, or the same? It's not as high as the uh, level up 5e wisdom, right? Um, wisdom is 16 for level up. Oh, no, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong one. Level is 16 for the Chimera too, but it's also a level 7. And then Monster right. Manual wisdom is 14. Okay. And the Charisma is a little bit higher. It's an 11 on here, but it's a 10 at least on It has a stronger here. sense of self. Yeah. They gave it an 11 Charisma. The bonus is still a plus zero. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why they could do it, I think. We give it an 11. What's that do for it? absolutely nothing. nothing um yeah okay so skills uh athletics plus seven okay uh, and its perception is plus five so its perception is straight the math yep perception of three plus two to wisdom perception five yeah it's immune to being frightened i don't did the other ones have any immunities or anything uh no they did not. Uh, so the immune to yeah. frightened is in their flavor text of being like tenacious. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, loyal and tenacious. Um, dark vision, 60 feet. Uh, passive perceptions, 15. 
that passive perception makes mathematical sense. And there you go. You feeling better now after the... I am. It makes <laughs> me feel better. It's just... Well, even the 21 makes me feel better with the knowing that plus five is what people do for numerically advantage. Yeah. Um, I for like, numerically expressing advantage. Again, making it much like a dog. Uh, it understands any one language but can't speak it. I so, see. Now I like that. Yeah. It doesn't just understand Draconic but can't speak it. It's like, no, you pick the language it's raised with. Yeah. So if, you, if, if it's Elvish, raise, that's Raise what, it with Dwarfish, it speaks Dwarfish. Yeah. Like when you get a German Rottweiler, you have to use German yeah, commands. <laughs> so, um, so it has some it has some traits. Yep, it has a trait. Where is the trait? Let me see. Proficiency right bonus is plus three, by the way. Yeah. Um, is that is that volant? Is it? I've never heard hmm. that word. I've never heard that word either. I love it when that happens. I'm yeah. gonna look it up. When the chimera reduces a creature to zero hit points, the chimera can move up to their speed toward an enemy they can see. So when they huh. kill somebody, they can move on the next guy right away. I have never heard of the word volant. Is it a word? Or is it something they made up? I can't even find it. It's a French word. Oh, so I should I be saying volant? Volante. Volante. It's, it's will. Willpower. Oh, okay. So oh, all right. I was thinking maybe it was a typo of something like valent, but... Yeah, interesting. So they were just a character to zero hit points. You would think... I'd, it's always embarrassing when I don't know a word, but whatever. Uh, uh, zero hit points to come here and move to speed toward an enemy. Okay, so that's the, the whole thing. Like, hey, look, they killed something and it's on to the next thing. Yeah. They are, they are tenacious. And, yep, sticking to the tenacity thing. Yes. Um. And by the way, their goat horns are way cooler than anybody else's in this fleet. Oh, the, yeah. They're like the, corkscrew. Yep. They will not feel good. Yeah, it's way cooler. Yeah. Um. Their actions. They also get the multi attack. Multi attack. Yep. Uh. But their chimera makes three bite attacks. They can replace okay. one one attack with a lion's toss attack or a dragon's eruption if available. All right. Okay. Oh, okay. So this one's gonna do more damage than even the level up five e one already. Yeah, yeah. The melee, okay, so the bite is a melee attack plus seven to hit, range five feet, one target, does 11 piercing. Okay, so its bite is, it's a does 11. So if it just bites three times, it does 33 points of damage, which is right in keeping. With oh, everything. you know, I'm skipping ahead here. Okay, so I was wondering how they use the ram. That's pretty cool. Um, So you also have the option of the lion's toss, which is a melee attack plus seven. Reach five feet, does nine points piercing damage, and the target must succeed a DC 15 strength saving throw or be moved up to 20 feet in any direction. Okay, so you can bite, bite, and then do a lion's toss if you want. And try to throw it away from you. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the dragon's eruption recharges six, which I think is in keeping with the others, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, uh, well, the no, the others are recharge five, six. So this one might do more damage. Oh, so they change. It's not just dragon breath they tie it into its origin so the chimera spits a volcanic explosion at one point that they can see within 120 feet of them each creature in a 10 foot radius sphere centered on that point must make a dc 14 dexterity saving throw taking 27 68 fire damage or on a failed save or half as much damage so a chimera in uh flea mortals spits fireballs yeah yeah that's pretty cool (laughs) but and he also gets a reaction which is where the goat comes in, Ram's defense. It also reaction. has a bonus action first. Oh, I skipped right over that. I'm sorry. Oh, um, good. Bonus action, it gets a roar. Each enemy okay. who can hear the chimera and is within 60 feet of them must succeed a DC 13 wisdom saving throw or be frightened of the chimera for one minute. Uh, save ends at the end of turn. Um, oh, so they're... Does that mean that they're frightened even if they make the save? Uh, each minute, come here. Or be frightened. No, if they make the save, they're not frightened. 
Okay, then what is um, save ends at the end of the turn? At the end of it, see, I do not. Okay, so save ends at end of turn. I'm going to flip away from this to the beginning of the book because there is a note in the beginning of this book about something they do with the language. Um, save ends. Okay. So at the beginning of this book, again, from a design perspective, they said uh, some creatures have a trait or action that on a failed saving throw imposes a debilitating effect for extended duration. But sometimes a lucky uh, foe can retry their saving throw and potentially end the effect early. In such situations, the stat block uh, specifies save ends at start of turn or save ends at end of turn. When you see this phrase, it means the creature affected by a save uh, ends effect, like the uh, can repeat the saving throw on the end of their turns. And he says, literally, it just they do this to avoid. So, the, oh, he has a paragraph. I'm going to read it. It literally says behind the design. Oh, okay. And, talk, nice. and, and they talk about this. Save ends effects are one way of saving space and stat blocks and making them less complex for GMs to run at the table. Much like how stat blocks just reference the uh, poison condition, instead of spelling out its rules each time, we didn't want to fill up the pages by repeating the long sentence phrases similar to this one. A target poisoned in this way can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of their turns, ending the effect on themselves on a success. So they just said, we're going to do a shorthand, and our shorthand is... um, save ends what is it what is it it says uh, uh, save ends at end of turn so if you fail this and um save ends at end of turn okay so if you fail the save and you're frightened at the end of your turn you can roll again to end the condition that's oh, what this means okay that's all it says okay so a, a successful saving throw ends this condition if rolled at the end of your turn and they shorten it down to save ends at end of turn Got it. So that was a design choice they made. I do really like that there's a lot of notes in this about the design choices and why they're what they were thinking. And then further, it says after the save ends at end of turn, um, if a creature succeeds on a saving throw against this effect or its effect ends for them, the creature is immune to the Chimera's Roar for the next 24 hours. That is the GMs, please don't spam this every round. Okay, right. Or do it until everyone has has officially saved from it, and then you're done. We're not gonna. You're not gonna have to make everyone keep saving for the same fear effect over and over and over again. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and then the reaction is the ram's defiance. When a creature within thirty feet of the chimera misses them with an attack, the chimera can move up to half their speed in a straight line toward the creature. If the chimera ends this movement within five feet of the creature, the creature must succeed a DC fifteen strength saving throw or be knocked prone. So it doesn't do damage, but it can react and knock you on your butt. Yeah, that's cool for trying so to. You know, do you know what we should do? Hmm. We should play test. We should fight. Like get it. Like get three people. Yeah, and we, we say this a lot. I know. But we, we should. We should we fight should. a monster manual chimera. Fight a flea mortals chimera, and fly a and fight a level up five e chimera. And what did it? How was it different? How did it feel? Well, these are what just was, some of the these. This monster, I think, is kind of the starkest difference. Yeah, well, I mean, they very much, as, as I'm noticing over and over again, they're really going for flavor differences, too. Yeah. Um, flavor differences that are related. They're like cousins of the original flavor, mm-hmm. but expanded and more nuanced and more interesting, you know? Yeah. They're like, well, we don't want it just to breathe fire, but we'll have it spit a fireball. Because I'm going to tell you that a fireball is cooler than breath, uh, breath weapon anyway. Right. I would much rather breathe a fireball. Yeah. So they're like, well, it birthed from a volcano. Now it spits volcano. Yeah. But like, think about if you do that, you can do three bite attacks. They can replace one attack with a lion sauce or use a dragon's or a use of the dragon's eruption if available. So they can do bite, bite, dragon eruption. So they hit two bites, 22 points of damage, 
And then they can do an eruption that does a fireball for 27 points of fire damage. Now, here's where you could, obviously, it would be hard to spam this on someone right in front of you because you don't want to fireball yourself. Um, right. So this also, from a design perspective, forces you to attack enemies around the battlefield. Mm. So you're not just, I'm going to you know unload 50 points of damage on the person in front of me. I can bite two people in front of me and then spit a fireball at someone in the back row. Right. It's forcing yeah. that more cinematic, more com- more tactical combat that they like at MCDM. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's neat. Cool. You know, and again, this is another one of the creatures. I think the same thing happened with Hellhound. They do have a companion version, but the others, you know, don't. Really yeah, they have, have a that. companion. They only, no, they only have two versions. They've got this and a companion. Yeah, the skirmish. Lots of the companions. And... I like those too. They're like your attack. It does your yeah. proficiency. Um, I noticed like, in the description, Mystic Connection Chimera, if you're playing a Beast Heart. Uh, a Beast must, Heart Barbarian? Uh, possibly. It says if you're playing a Beast Heart and have a Chimera Companion, you gain the following benefit at the ninth level. When you gain Beast Heart's Mystic Connection feature. So is that something from MCDM? Beast Heart and Monstrous Companions. Oh, <laughs> a Beast Heart is a MCDM class. Okay, that makes sense. That would explain yeah. why they stick companions throughout. You know, the others don't bother with something like that. Yeah, so... There's going to be notes in here to stuff. Like, like I'm sure there's some monster in here that maybe references. the. I didn't realize they had that as a class. Um, I just went on their website, and it's a Beast Heart and the Monsters. Um, yeah, it basically, this is a supplement that presents rules for uh, wild creatures, the Beast Heart class, yes. So a Beast Heart is a class, and then they have a whole bunch of um, companions that go with it. And it's that's what I said. I didn't remember the Beast Heart as a class they had written. I only remember the Illrigger, mm-hmm. um, which is their other class they wrote. Mm. Man, that's pretty I'm cool. really enjoying these comparisons. Yeah, well, you know what really makes them sing is this Flea Mortals. Yeah. Because I, it and, ends up giving you such a different take that it... And that's what you need. You need yeah. something that's so starkly different to like see what you didn't see with the others before. I would. I know we can't do these forever, but I. I wonder they must have werewolves across all the books, right? I would like to do like two more and jump up like maybe two more. Yeah, um, I'm just levels of. I'll just read about the werewolves. I'm just curious. Oh, I mean, there's vampires. Oh Always yeah, vampires, vampires. are def- They must be up. They must be a jump, right? And I do know the vampire in Flea Mortals was written by Mike Shea. Oh. He talked about it on an episode one. That was his. In fact, the vampire from Flea Mortals showed up in your Candlekeep game on Saturday. Oh. He was inside oh, he Crystal was Sarcophagus inside there and you guys had... didn't let him out. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> was he going to shred us all? Yeah. Yeah, okay. He was going to go crazy with hunger. Oh, okay. It been hysterical. Crazy. And now, did they capture, did the hags capture him? Was that the well, idea? He was, they were, they were his consorts. Oh. Remember, this was, it was a misery situation. They were oh, trying to keep him yeah. alive, but they were not doing it in a nice way. Because they're hags. Because they're hags. Got it. Um, they used their coven powers to lock him up. And then one of their sisters got eaten. But, well, that was very interesting and, and quite illuminating, Josh. Yeah. I enjoyed that. That was interesting. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? They giants. We could do giants, too. do giants, and they just There's call giants them and all giants, them. And do you know I what think. else I could do? Well, see, this is what I noticed with Flea Mortals, though. It's like with dragons. They just had, like, they created a couple of, like, solos of each kind of chromatic dragon. Oh, okay. Um, they didn't have, like, dragons as a general thing in there. Well, giants... giants Are there giants in there? They're fire giants. They have... Do they have a fire giant? They do. They have, do they have um, a frost giant. Fire giant light bearer. They have fire giant red fist, fire giant trooper. Uh, it looks like this one maybe uh, is an actual character. You know, um, they do it with frost giants. They have hurlers, okay. wind sprinter, clobber. For no particular reason, I would love to compare frost giants. Sure. Um, she's pretty cool again. She looks like a Valkyrie. I know. That's pretty cool. And um, 
But yeah, hill giant the, flunky basalt. So do you know what that giant. means that I should buy for our next episode? What's that? Big bees. Oh, the go- oh yeah, the ghost. The, the giant, giant book. One. That would be yeah. That would be. That's the reason to do it. Okay, so if you're gonna twist my arm, I'll buy a book. <laughs> Big B presents Glory of the Giants, and we can look at giants next time. Yeah. All right. Um, sounds so good. the one thing I did text you that I do want to get to uh, whenever we. And, oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. You these had an are idea. fun. We can run a little long today. What's not? No. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and you know everyone listening at home, I hope you're okay with this. We're going to keep meandering for a minute. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. Um, so I have been continuing to play Tears of the Kingdom. Okay. And I keep going back to I want to rework Verge Wardens to utilize a fusion-like mechanic, but I think we should build it off of Revergence and their ability to control Revergence. Okay. So we would have to revisit... <laughs> Sorry, my talk just I know. This, everything is cyclical. Yeah. Everything's a wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Yeah, because I think it'd be cool to go back to re, you know get the revergence figured out because I like the idea of them making their own weapons and yeah. beefing weapons up using their connection to the you know revergence. Yeah, they they maybe they qualities. have like they start with the stone totem and then they can like in, yeah. few the and imbue a stick with their stone. They can take a stick and combine it with stone and create like a like a club, real hefty club. yeah, or something cool. I just I love that idea of being able to have that kind of and then having something or like that go up steel, against. Yeah, yeah. Go up against a Nolamancer. That's cool. Yeah, because I think you could put them kind of in a le- in league. I don't know. It'd be fun. That would. I like that. We should definitely do that. Yeah. We I, again. I would really like to. When we do our our writers retreat and yes. we sit down to like create finalized versions of everything, yeah. and we really should record like all of it. We yeah. should record all of it. Record the, that and put together fun. like a little documentary. That'd be fun. And like, that would be fun. What the six people that regularly listen to us would enjoy it. Exactly. And that's fine because we do this for those six people. So I, well, that was we are not we among those ourselves. six people, by the way. <laughs> that's not entirely true well i listen to my spouses. own voice until i can until i feel weird until i can't do it anymore to right exactly yeah exactly so it's never you i like listening to you but it's it, yeah i listen to my oh, own voice right up until i can well that's how it works for us right that's how it works but josh i do think that's all of our time okay yeah i do think because because we're, we're pushing an hour people have already got to work that's fine. now they're frustrated they have to listen to 15 minutes of us on the way home that's fine that's okay <laughs> they're gonna enjoy that they have a break yeah well Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you to Night Shift. Thank you, you know, just for supporting the show. Um, if you if you want to give us any comments or anything like that, please message us on Instagram. You can go to the website at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. All spelled out. Um, and, and, you know, give us a like or a follow. And, hey, after, next week, Giants. Giants yep. next week. Yep. And we look forward to creating more with you. <laughs>